Get psyched with friends, ladies, and amateur crushers, Morgan and Cynthia. Join us as we share personal stories from our climbing lives, our proudest achievements, our epic failures, and most of all, our borderline obsessive love of the sport. Welcome, Welcome to, to Crag Confessions. Confessions. Episode 7, The Performance Gap. This episode, we thought it would be interesting to talk about any supposed or perceived or real performance gap between men and women in climbing. And it's something that I've been thinking about for a long time, and especially coming from the perspective of the two of us as women in climbing. So I thought it could be cool to explore what the performance gap is, why there might be one, if there is one, and how we could mitigate that gap going forward. And this is a topic that may be somewhat controversial. We know that we're not scientists, we're not statisticians, we're not even professional climbers. (laughs) But speaking personally, we are people who have spent a lot of time thinking about and observing the performance gap, and we want to share our personal perspectives on it. I know that there may be a lot of possibly offensive or obfuscatory talk on it that either downplays or overplays the phenomenon. So I just want to acknowledge that this is a sensitive topic and we're coming at it without any ill intent. Yeah. And I think for both of us too, this is a topic that we've kind of struggled with in the past and even now. But I think that it will be interesting to explore and talk about. So So yeah, let's do it. Okay. (laughs) We're going to send it. (laughs) So I think most recently I started thinking about this because I picked up a book from the library called Women in Climbing, The Last 200 Years. And the book was published in the 80s. So it doesn't have any of our most recent female climbing achievements in there. But in terms of the history of the sport, mostly dealing with alpinism and mountaineering, but it does go into free climbing as well. I thought it was a really interesting look at how the sport has developed in including women in the past. And so it's got me thinking about how we see women involved in the sport now. The American Alpine Club put together a state of climbing report in 2019. It was done in collaboration with a few other U.S.-based climbing membership type organizations. They put out a survey back then, and I think I even remember participating in this survey. I got like an email from the AAC. Yeah. (laughs) And they just asked a bunch of questions about like, how often do you climb? How long have you been climbing? How hard do you climb? What kinds of things do you buy for climbing? But so like it goes through a lot of different aspects of my participation in the sport. And they compiled all the data and uh, submitted this report a couple years ago. And as surveys, I always have to take this with a grain of salt because, you know, how accurate can it be depending on who took the survey and, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I do think that it offers at least like a little bit of perspective into certain aspects of the sport. For instance, the split between men and women when it comes to climbing Indoors is about even, it's 58% men and 42% women. And outdoors is a little bit more skewed toward men with 67% of men reporting climbing outdoors and only 33% of women. In the competition aspect of climbing, the USA climbing team 
is only comprised of 40% female athletes. So the rest of that must be men or non-reporting, I suppose. But I have been wondering how this split impacts our experience as women in climbing um, and if it impacts the whole of climbing overall. Yeah, I definitely think it has. So is there a performance gap? My view is yes, unquestionably. And by that, I mean, I see more men sending more hard routes or climbs. I recently looked at a paper that examined the performance gap between male and female climbers. This paper looks at the people who have sent 515A to 515D. So only one person has sent 515D, Adamandra, probably. <laughs> probably, yeah. And 63 people as of 2021 have sent 515A, but of the 63 people, only two are female. So I think if we take the performance of this elite class of athletes as somehow reflective of the general overall male and female ability in the sport, then I think it's a fair thing to say that men are overall better at climbing as of 2021. That's the stats. And I know that real life is different. But I also think in my personal, you know, anecdotal observation of the climbing scene, my local climbing milieu, um, <laughs> I also observe that men and women who start out climbing at the same time, eventually begin to diverge. And I see the guys start to pull ahead. I was so upset by this phenomenon at one point that I categorically refused to befriend or talk to any guys at the gym. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I knew or I thought I knew that they would eventually climb better than me and I would lose them as friends and climbing partners eventually. So mm. I would just kind of write them off as. <laughs> as people that I could talk to. Oh, no. <laughs> but I guess you have male climbing partners and friends now. What changed? Yeah, I mean, this is part of my growth, I think, as a person and as a climber. One of the major ways that I think I've grown as a climber is to stop thinking about myself as a point of comparison to other people. Basically, to stop looking at the performance gap and to stop looking at gaps overall between myself and other people, just in general. I can't change others and I can only change myself. I feel like when I first started climbing, I remember I felt so aggrieved at these things that I felt like I couldn't change. And it's not just me being mad at the fact that I'm a female. It's things like, why didn't I start climbing un until I was 27? Why am I <laughs> short? Why don't I have a positive ape index? <laughs> why, <laughs> why do I sometimes get cramps and I can't function normally, much less right. climb? <laughs> and it runs the spectrum to things that I can somewhat control like why are there so few crags around new york city why do i have to work so much and not have time for climbing well you don't have to do that <laughs> right and that's <laughs> part of the part of how i've grown as a climber is kind of to see that there are certain things that i can change and to let go 
of the things that I cannot change. And now I can kind of like work around, you know, the Mm -hmm. fact that I, I am based in New York City. There are good crags around here. I can change my job. I can quit my job and make time for climbing. And this is all much more productive in terms of becoming a better climber than like shaking my fists at the stars and saying, why, why, why? Mm, yeah yeah so that's how I've gotten over this feeling of inferiority with respect to other people overall regardless of if they're men or women so now I'm a little bit more willing to talk to guys at the gym (laughs) (laughs) a little bit (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's still something I struggle with is this something that you've observed too so I go back and forth. On the one hand, I don't want to believe that there is a performance gap. I mean, obviously, there are differences between men and women. And at like a sport that's more like concrete in terms of physical ability, like professional weightlifting, for instance, it's clear from the results of that kind of sport that men can lift more weight than women can. And I've always heard that the fastest man will always run faster than the fastest woman because of differences in body shape and uh, proportion. But with climbing, you know, it seems like a very individual sport. It doesn't matter if somebody else can bench press double what I can. It only matters if I can lift my own weight on the wall and if they can lift their own weight on the wall in a certain way. And so in that way, I kind of don't want to believe that there's a performance gap, at least not one that's very significant. And I think that the differences between the elite performers right now, you know, they're only being, you said two or three women climbing in that 515 range out of a total 60 something. Yeah. I kind of think, I want to say that that is probably due to other factors than just being like a difference of sex that like women have not been participating in this sport for very long at least like not in in comparison to men you know and like the sport was developed by men all of those 515 climbs were probably put up by men and so I've got to think that there are other factors that are contributing to that number. And once those factors get evened out, you know, once women participate in this sport for longer and put up our own climbs and I don't know what else we could do, but like once those, those other factors are dealt with, then I want to believe that the perceived gap will close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is sort of getting into why then there is that performance gap then, right? Mm, mm -hmm. So you mentioned these historical reasons like the sport started out in the 19th century as alpinism. And of course, in that sense, men have had a head start. So there are more men climbing outdoors in the outdoor industry. I would wager that most of the guides and the coaches and trainers are men and The science of sports overall, I think, is overwhelmingly male. From my brief look at the research in sports science, consistently 60 to 75% of all subjects in any study are men. Mm. So as you mentioned, there are historical reasons why men might be better at the moment. But I think I'm (laughs) coming at this in a little bit more of a pessimistic way. (laughs) Classic. (laughs) I think there are biological reasons which may favor the male body in the sport of climbing. 
Like what? God, I feel like so it just feels gross to say these things, but um <laughs> so I I think it's a scientific fact that men have more upper body strength, you know, their muscles are distributed so that their upper body has more of them. Their limbs tend to be longer, like mm-hmm. they're more likely to have a positive ape index and you know, the proportion of their leg length and arm length to their torso length is generally longer. The proportion of fast twitch versus slow twitch muscle fibers within people's muscles tend to favor more fast twitch in men and more slow twitch in women. And fast twitch muscle fibers help in the performance of more short duration, high power activities. And slow twitch helps in the performance of longer duration endurance activities. So these are some biological facts that I have had to accept over the years. (laughs) (laughs) I do wonder, though, like how much of an impact these biological differences make when it comes to climbing performance, though, because like so thinking about the fast twitch versus slow twitch muscles. So maybe that means a man can maybe more easily do those like powerful, dynamic, big, cool looking moves. (laughs) But if women have more slow twitch, like more like endurance favoring muscle fibers, then like oughtn't we be able to do those really long enduro fest sport climbs better, like we're better suited for that than men. I think it also means that like, I've like read that women recover faster from workout, not only after the exercise is performed but also during which the exercise is performed like we just Mm. like we don't need as much time off the wall or to rest which means that we can climb farther in any given moment we can also climb more during like say a week you know we can climb like four times a week because we don't need as much rest than men which might mean that we have the potential to work out more to train harder Yeah, I definitely think there are facets of quote unquote athletic performance that have been historically understudied and possibly undervalued overall. You know, like you said, we don't typically think of recovery as part of Mm -hmm. activity, right? It's like the opposite of activity, but it's a pivotal part of everybody's life and these blind spots that I think perhaps the the historical establishment of sports have overlooked are places that women actually shine. It's just the patriarchy that has the patriarchy (laughs) (laughs) that has de-emphasized them you know things like flexibility things Mm, like mm -hmm. the ability to use body positioning or uh maybe even things like pain tolerance you know yeah absolutely (laughs) subjects which are de-emphasized or not as prominent in the climbing conversation as how hard can you pull right Right, absolutely. But like you said, they do play really integral roles in one's climbing performance. I think flexibility is one of the most underrated (laughs) attributes for climbing. And it's often the thing that Jamie is praising me most for is that like, my like heel hand to head match, you know, (laughs) like there's no way he can get his leg up that high. But because I can, I can do certain kinds of moves easier, or at least differently. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I do want to validate your experience, though, because I, too, have experience in my climbing life. 
instances of feeling like inferior or embarrassed or like I need to prove something simply because I am a woman. And my first climbing gym that I went to, I walked in and I think that I was only one of like five women that were members there. And it was a smaller gym, but it was just, you know, dominated by men. And thankfully, like the gym owner had a anti-ego establishment like attitude so he wouldn't let the dudes climb with their shirts off or he wouldn't let you know like people be bros or something I don't know but I think still as someone who was not only new to climbing but new to just like sport in general (laughs) I felt super intimidated going into my first climbing gyms and it's really up until like recently that I felt some sort of like belonging in climbing gyms and in the climbing scene. I don't know, maybe it's because I feel like I'm finally at some level of ability that I feel like, okay, now, now I'm a part of this community. But before I was just sort of a, I don't know, like a weekend cracker, you know, like just a weekend warrior. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I totally know what you mean. And I think this is one of the reasons why there is a performance gap. And it's one of the reasons that we can mitigate. What I think you're referring to is a culture that says that some people are inside and some people are outside. Mm. And I want to say that this is bro culture that pervades outdoor sports in general. Mm. You know, I mean, I've definitely seen it among, you know, snowboarders, surfers, (laughs) hardcore (laughs) (laughs) groups of people not just climbers and it's a clickiness you know that is exclusive to women and people of different races um, and just anyone who is not on the inside already right so that probably contributes to the retention problems that we have with fewer women sticking with the sport as they progress further and further and just there being less women on the high end right yeah but I guess as you said these kinds of things seem like more mental barriers than they are physical barriers even though you you still hold that there are some significant biological differences I don't (laughs) Uh, so it seems like the mental barriers although it is sort of like a cultural kind of thing like those are perhaps more easily surmounted than if there were say actual physical barriers oh yeah totally yeah Yeah. so what are the other surmountable barriers then I guess what I should ask is how do you see the performance gap being narrowed or mitigated Mm. yeah I think that with time the more we see women and other groups of you know minority people involved in the sport I think that we will see especially at the elite level like the performance gap shrinking that there will be more women that are able to send you know those hardest climbs because they will have had more time and more opportunity to try and there will be more women trying and even at our level you know sort of the that amateur level, um, I think that I already see lots of like female crushers in the gym and at the crag. And it's becoming less of a one-off and just becoming more common. Even I am becoming one of those <laughs> female crushers. Oh yeah, um, Cynthia. Yeah, I know. You're You've the role model. My... <laughs> I am pioneering the path. <laughs> <laughs> 
Vietnam. And I don't know, you know, when we were climbing together in New York at CRG, like a lot of our climbing group is composed of women who climb really hard. Yeah, I think a lot of the problems can definitely be solved by just throwing more women at the wall and mm-hmm. seeing if they stick, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Never has a metaphor been so apt. <laughs> Yeah. And once they're on the wall, basically trusting that they're going to innovate and push the sport in ways that will be more inclusive for everyone. Mm -hmm. But I have some other broader um, changes that I think could narrow the performance gap. So one of them is to encourage more female setters. This seems like an obvious one, right? Because we know that once you have more female setters, the climbs will just feel slightly less uh, favorable to men or favorable to, to guys' strengths. Yeah, shout out to Addie at CRG. <laughs> Woo, Addie! <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, Addie being shorter than the average male climber typically doesn't set climbs that are really reachy, but she does have incredible balance and core strength. And so she often sets very like technical, footwork dependent, really interesting slab or not slab climbs. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think there is definitely a discernible difference in setting style between um, individual setters and probably in general between male and female setters. And I would love to climb more climbs set by women because I think it'll probably highlight a lot of blind spots. Mm -hmm. I also think that there's a stereotype in climbing that vertical or fingery or slab climbs are easy. I'm going to offer a personal anecdote. I've climbed a vertical crimp line at the gym recently. I was able to send it probably because my fingers are just smaller. They could probably just fit into the crimps better. So it was probably set in a style that favored me. But I came back later and I remember seeing that they downgraded the climb. I don't want to extrapolate from just this one instance that it was because they saw a girl do it. But I I think that it plays into a certain story, which is that vertical or crimpy or possibly slab climbs are done by people who are perceived as weaker. And when they are being done by people perceived as weaker, they tend to be downgraded. I'm thinking of Better Eat Your Wheaties at Waco, which was downgraded after a woman sent it. And that is a really hard overhanging crimp line. I'm also thinking of Amazing Little Half Boy also at Waco. (laughs) Kind of also another thin crimp line that was also downgraded. (laughs) So this is the pattern of downgrades that I'm seeing. And I got to say that it doesn't seem like an accident to me. Right. Like these don't seem just like one-offs. when it keeps happening (laughs) yeah 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 I do think that you're right that like I don't even know where I picked this up like it must have been just sort of a a consequence of you know me being in the culture but like I remember thinking at some points you know like I would climb something graded v6 or v7 but it would be on the slab wall at the gym and I'd be like "Mm, but it's a slab v6 or v7 it doesn't really count yeah yeah. Whereas like, you know, if I climbed like a V6 overhanging thing, then I'd be like, yeah, that was actually a V6. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think that is part of the perception that Mm -hmm. girl climbs are easy. Girl climbs don't count. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also in another sense, I also embraced what you're thinking as well, because I remember when I was maybe three years into climbing, I decided to consciously lean into climbing like a guy because I thought that was how you got to the next level in climbing. And I thought, how do I get stronger? Well, I have to embrace being more powerful, you know, just burling my way through climbs because that's what it takes to be on the same level Mm -hmm. (laughs) as the good guys. Yeah. I mean, part of this is probably just personal. So I probably was just, you know, weaker at pure power. So I can't say that that is a societal or like a broader failure. But I think we do systematically devalue strengths that we see in women, like that flexibility thing you were talking about, like the slab Mm -hmm. ability and vertical climbing technique. So personally, I, I feel like I need to be more confident in leaning into those strengths yeah yeah like there's certainly nothing wrong with being able to campus your way up something you know like it always looks super cool when you can dyno (laughs) yeah yeah but yeah I would be really interested to see what would happen to the sport if we had more women putting up their own climbs like what would they look like yeah I think there's definitely a lot of ways that the sport has developed due to the proportion of men in climbing. I think, for example, the harder climbs are the ones that favor male fast twitch kind of strengths. These really burly, compression-y climbs with long reaches. And I think you can picture what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. That's not to say that those climbs are not hard. I mean, they deserve to be up there. But probably if there were more women in climbing, we'd see a different kind of hard climb become more prevalent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I think it probably would take some sort of paradigm shift in terms of like how we grade things. Because like you said, you know, we tend to grade like slab just as like not that hard. Like I think it's very difficult to find very high grade slab or oh yeah climbs. yeah they basically don't exist i mean they're they're, they're certainly like there's like in the buttermilks you know those like highball slab like oh right in the double digit <laughs> you know <laughs> those, they're there they're there but i think they're not as common as the double digit graded you know overhung boulder routes yeah yeah I think also one way we could mitigate the performance gap is to create a mixture of tall and short people climbs. Maybe this is part of the setting point because if you have shorter setters, this will naturally come up. But I often feel like I want to see a mix of different types of climbs at a gym. And this doesn't just go into like long reaches or (laughs) dinos even, but I think if we maybe have more climbs that don't end at the top of the wall, that maybe traverse or, you know, end slightly lower than the top of the wall, it might be safer for people who are shorter or Mm. who want to approach something that is not so tall. Yeah, yeah. 
it seems like maybe just creating more of a balance between those climbs that favor tall people and those climbs that favor short people. One of my climbing partners, he is 6'2", so a good deal taller than me. And he always used to complain that other people would say like, oh, it's easy or because you're tall. And he wanted to pose that, oh, actually, a lot of things are harder for him because he's tall. For instance, stemming or those kinds of mantly moves where you have to wedge your whole body into a space are harder is harder for him because he is he has more limbs you know Mm -hmm. um, to dig in there but I would say how many of those kinds of climbs do you often see set in a gym (laughs) like one or two out of the hundreds (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I think that a better balance between those sorts of climbs might help to make more types of bodies feel better on the wall Yeah, I also am reminded of when I went climbing in Zion in Utah, I was guided by Gabby Olson from Rock Odysseys. She was awesome. She was one of my first guides in rock climbing ever. And she is one of the only female owners of a guiding company in the US. Whoa. Which is really crazy. Yeah, yeah. I was so oblivious that I didn't even know how lucky I was. (laughs) (laughs) But I remember she told me that she actually feels better when she's climbing outside. She feels that things are more accessible to her when she's climbing outside than when she's climbing inside because Mm. the opportunity to come up with different or alternative or micro beta is just infinitely better, you know, more outside than when you're indoors. And she is not a tall person by any means. I think she's like, five two or something oh like gosh. that yeah <laughs> and and she's like running this guide company so you know badass doing it doing yeah. the thing so I think if we try to specifically bring more women outdoors then this is a golden opportunity for us to blaze our own path because I actually think that more outdoor climbing will be accessible to women proportionally than indoor climbing mm, if we get like- more women out there Like it's just naturally set up that way. Yeah, yeah, because there are more feet outdoors, you know, there there are more hands outdoors. (laughs) (laughs) Right. There are no rules outdoors either, usually. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like heel hooks are allowed, matching is allowed, funky beta is allowed, using feet as hands is allowed. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes, you know, when you're climbing on some board indoors, that's actually not allowed. (laughs) Right, yeah. That's like the additional info for every tension board climb is no matching. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I just want to rah, rah, rah for getting people outdoors. Yeah, totally. (laughs) You know, all of this like mitigating the gap ideas that we've come up with, I just want to clarify that I'm not trying to make climbing easier per se you know like I'm not trying to say that like oh it's too hard and my ego is getting bruised I just need some easier climbs to feel better about myself I think that climbing you know it's not supposed to be easy right it's supposed to be hard it's supposed to be challenging I think that the things that we're talking about are ways to incorporate more diversity into the way we think about climbing and like what we consider to be difficult And I think it will make it more accessible to more people, but in doing so, we'll make it a richer sport, not an easier sport, but challenging in all kinds of different ways and more complex ways. 
I completely hear you, Cynthia. Sometimes when I talk about this or think about this, I also feel like I'm just lowering the bar right. for everyone. <laughs> but I don't think that's what I'm doing when I want to advocate for more women in climbing. I don't think that it is true that more women in climbing means that the bar has to be lowered. No, not at all. So I, I think that to answer our broader questions, it does seem like there is a performance gap right now, but it seems like the reasons why are just because like there's not been women in the sport for as long as men and because we've not been thinking of the things that women can do as like challenging in their own rights. So, yeah. I mean, I have a slightly different take on it, Cynthia. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think that there kind of will be a performance gap because unfortunately I'm not as optimistic as you and I I just don't believe <laughs> you know <laughs> I, I, I you've you know, got to believe <laughs> yeah like you say you don't want to believe in the performance gap and I feel like I just believe in it um, but <laughs> that is not to say that we cannot narrow it uh, right I just don't want you to think that you can't do something because of this perceived performance gap. <laughs> yeah. You know. Well, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have enough belief for both of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I guess, you know, only time will tell what will happen once more women get into the sport because it is happening. You know, women are trending towards right. more participation. So it is, yeah, it is kind of a leap of faith, like what you just said about believing in women, you know, believing in yourself. If you believe it, that gives you the chance to do it. So yeah, mm -hmm. you're right. Like you got to first make that leap of faith, even if you don't know that <laughs> <laughs> you can actually succeed yeah, totally, totally. So this was, at times, a very uh, arduous <laughs> conversation that we had. I think that there were a lot of difficult topics and subject matter that we covered here. But we'd love to hear from our listeners, the very many of you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if you have any opinions or ideas about the performance gap or what you see from your perspective, we'd love to hear them. Yeah, send us a message on Spotify or send us an email or a DM on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, I think it would be interesting if we get some responses to, I don't know, say them on the air. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want to create a real conversation between the members of the climbing community on this. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. there's definitely a lot that goes unsaid. Totally, totally. Yeah, so thanks for listening. Yeah. See you next time on Crack, Crack Confessions. Confessions. <laughs>